step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Good now live. This is to the Middleman Talk Show on BlogTalkRadio.com, and this is Al. And this is Kevin. And this is Nick. Yeah. Boy, you got a delay over there or something like that, boy. Woo. What's going on, hey. man? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Man, we good, doing all man. right, man. I, I'm glad I didn't have to do the uh, intro this time because I really messed that up last show. <laughs> hey, practice <laughs> made perfect, man. Practice made perfect. Man, no. That's what he's saying is get in front of the mirror. Pictures. Get in front of the mirror two hours a day and practice the intro in case you have to do it. Right. And if you need a microphone, Kevin, mm-hmm. I mean, all you got to do is just get you a, like a big wooden phone. Just stand in front of the mirror, man, and just do it. So y'all got jokes. Y'all got jokes. Oh, that ain't gonna happen. Man, That's flick your hair back hey, like I'm a temptation. Re- yeah, nah, bro. I'm just gonna record Al saying it, and I'm gonna have it already chewed up. So when the show start off, it's gonna start off like that, even if you ain't on the show. Oh. Hey, that's something. <laughs> yeah, I know how to make it work. Now y'all know. Hey, I'm the tech guy over here. Controlling the board. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. Everybody yeah. got their own strength, man. <laughs> man, true. shout out to Jen over true. there chilling. I know she's chilling hard. Too hard. <laughs> but it's all good, though. Jen hey, man, y'all know what it is, man. You, 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 do y'all really know what it is? Man, it's a new year, man. Happy New Year, man. Man, happy new year to all y'all. All the middleman listeners out there, we do appreciate y'all for supporting us again. And uh, once again, happy new year to everybody. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm going to have to say this. I think we're going to have to stop with this new year, new me stuff. Y'all, y'all stop that. Stop it. Just stop it. That don't work no more. It don't. I think people are bringing nope. out with it, man, because it's just... 
Like it started with, you know, coming up with these whole long list of New Year resolutions, which people still do. And then now the whole, you know, social media age, you know, uh, you know, I want to look different. Uh, I'm going to act different. I'm going to treat people different. And then two days after you say you're going to do that, guess what happens? You go back. Change right back. Yeah. Oh, you. What about the? What about the? I'm gonna cut off everybody. I'm gonna work that. If you're gonna cut somebody <laughs> off, you cut them off. You don't just announce it. <laughs> just do it. Right. And why did it right. take you all year to decide you were gonna cut that one person off? Correct. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait till the new now, years. Okay. Right. Answers out of 10, you still got that number saved in your phone and you still friends with them on Facebook. You ain't cut them off yet. Lurking. Well, Lurking let's go ahead and stop this one thing about the new year now. For everybody who's making a, you know, a pledge to lose weight and get in shape and everything, that's all fine and dandy. I support you and everything. But if you made that declaration on January 1st, then there's no reason that today you should be posting gym pictures. You, you, you hadn't even lost a sweat yet. Like, just... Just just wait. <laughs> wait a little bit. Show some actual, you know. So, uh, speaking like of January 5th, Al, Al, happy Founders Day to you, brother. Happy, happy Founders hey, Day. Hey, I appreciate man. that, man. Uh, for those I appreciate who do it, not Shout know, out to my brother. Yeah, Al is a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Today is their Founders Day. The so best fraternity ever. I, well, I can't necessarily go with you on that, but what I can say is hey. happy Founders Day. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Founders Day. Uh, Cap Alpha Psi has been positively impacting our community since 1911. So, you know, we want to give a big shout out to all the Kappas out there. Well, definitely. Yo, noob. Yeah, we need to have them okay. listening to the show right now, too. So, get at it. <laughs> hey, man. We need to do a show all about right, right. fraternities and sororities because I got some things to talk about and how black fraternities and and sororities uh-uh. are portrayed in the media uh-uh. versus their white counterparts. Uh-uh. Man, last time we did a show talking about fraternities and sororities, man, we all got in trouble. Let's let no, we ain't gonna do that no more. No, we, we ain't gonna do that. Hey, man. It, it, it's gonna be yeah, that's right. It's gonna be in the in a controlled environment. <laughs> yeah. And and no, by the too. way, let me just say this. because uh, there was somebody on Facebook I had to call out about that. For all those people out there uh, criticizing fraternities and sororities. Uh, let me just say this: uh, if you're in a bite club, guess what? <laughs> you're pretty yeah, much doing yeah, the exact same thing. Yeah. The things that prospects go through, uh, I, I take that over. Uh, well, I wouldn't take that over my players' process any day. But the point is, <laughs> you're doing the same thing. Stop, stop hating. Right. Right. <laughs> well, man, you know what? It is time for us to get into the topic, man. I'll put it to you like this. I think this is a year of return. The Middleman Talk Show has returned this year. Really last year, but we're going to say we returned this year. We got bigger and better things for you guys, so please continue to listen to us and support us. We do appreciate that. So, Al, I'm going to let you read on the topic what we got for our listeners today. But, yeah, yeah, go ahead and read it. Then we're going to go into it because I... I've got something real special to share with us today, man, because, I mean, this brother right here, like I said, the last show, mm-hmm. if you listen, tune in, I am proud of him, I am proud of his wife, so he's got something to share, so hey, let him know what we're talking about today, brother. Well, thank you for everybody tuning in to the Middleman Talk Show. 
Uh, today we're talking about the year of return, the resurgence of Pan-Africanism, wealth and prosperity. So today on our show, we will begin discussing the event of last year where, where the president of Ghana declared 2019 the year of return, marking 400 years since 1619 when the first enslaved Africans arrived here on U.S. soil. Um, he has made a push for African-Americans and Afro-Caribbeans to return to Ghana where 75% of the slave trade passed through. We will also discuss the cultural significance of visiting African nations, the economic opportunities for black people in these countries, and the push for more mecca trips to African nations going forward. So, we definitely want to hear what you guys feel about that. I know that there are some people out there who have been uh, journeying to Ghana. So, if you um, have some information or some insight on that, please call in. The number is 516-387-1542. If you would like to get in on the chat, you definitely get in on the chat board. Just go to uh, blogtalkradio.com and create your profile. Click on the Little Men Talk Show. Click on chat. You can place your comments there. If you're on Facebook, go to the Middle Men Talk Show on Facebook, and you can push a comment there. Someone will definitely get to you as well. Yes, sir. All right. Now, to the goodies. For all those that don't know, Al is, Al is international before this, but he's really, 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 really. international at this really. particular point. And let all of our listeners know where you just traveled from. Well, uh, my wife and I and um, two of our family members, we took a trip uh, to Egypt. And uh, we traveled um, pretty much the entire country of Egypt. We went from uh, Upper Egypt to Lower Egypt and then back down from Lower Egypt to Upper Egypt. And the experience was um, one of a lifetime. One of a lifetime. I definitely recommend um, if you are interested in, 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 in going to Africa, definitely go to Egypt as well. Because um, there's a lot of history over there as well, too. Um, I work, you know, my my experience over there was uh, something to be remembered because being here in America, like, you know, walking in certain places like you're treated different, you know, and you can tell and you can feel it as a black man and a black woman. Going over to Africa and being amongst people who uh, look like that. Uh, um, one thing I wanted to ask you: What was like? What was the cultural experience? I know you're talking about we're you're seeing a lot of people that look like us, and, and you know that it's it's a different feeling than being in America. But what was yeah, the cultural? Because I mean, in America, we we as Americans, Black Americans, we have culture, but mm-hmm. you were truly immersed in a culture of that particular country. How was that in an experience? Well, you have to think from a, so talking with some of the people there, um, they start teaching their children their cultural aspects, like starting at the age of two. So, if your family um, grew up as a family of making um, like Egyptian rugs, you will start at 10 mm-hmm. learning how to make those Egyptian rugs. Um, and they all have that signature look, you know, that is a part of their culture. Also, too, with um, 
uh, with like pottery and uh, all other forms of like uh, oils and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's, I was able to experience how they make that. I was able to experience how they make papyrus. Um, I was able to experience the food. Um, mm. How was that? Wonderful. How was that? Speak a little bit about man, the food. The, the food, the food was wonderful, man. I mean, uh, they eat in large portions now. You know, so you know, I was thinking, you know, the portion control would be different, but they just kept bringing food out. <laughs> you know. But I think that is the form of, uh, uh, it's a form of love because, you know, when you see people and they feel good, you know, they, you know, it's a form of giving. And so, um, and it was customary as well to like, you know, make sure you try, you know, everything that's there, you know, just to try. Um. But the food was great. The people were uh, very receptive, um, very, like, they knew that we were African-American. Like, they knew that we were Americans, right? Um, Mm -hmm. They could tell. And so they would come up to you and say, hello, my Nubian king, my Nubian queen. Like, they would point at their skin and put it up next to yours and say, we are the same. Nubian. Yeah. And so, um, um, did you feel? See, did y'all feel safe over there? I mean, did y'all like? Did you have any uh, reserve? You know, like reservations about being in a foreign land like that with different people? Um, possibly maybe my first day or two there. You know, just being unaware of the surroundings, and then also too, you know, when you going into certain areas, you know, different political things are, you know, in abundance. Um, over there, their police and the military work hand in hand. So when you will see mm-hmm. a military officer, you will also see a police officer. Then you will next see a plain clothes detective, you know, a few yards away. So it, you know, there is no room for error. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but uh, the traffic, I mean, up in Cairo, Egypt, the traffic is horrendous. I mean, there are no stoplights. Cars are moving like race cars, zooming in and out, zooming in wow. and out. Um, um, but other than that, like to be over there to 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 see things that we will see on movies and magazines and and things that we have read about or heard our Pan African um, scholars and teachers and history teachers talk about to be able to be able mm. to see that. Um, was like an experience that was out of this world. I mean, you know, to hear, you know, Malcolm X, you know, talk about, you know, seeing the pyramids and we are from here. These are the same people. We are those same people. Because we are. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, most definitely, man. I, and if you're just tuning in to the Middleman Talk Show online or just tuning in via the phone, uh, we're talking about the year return of resurgence of Pan-Africanism. Wealth of Prosperity. Al is just giving us a rundown on his trip to Egypt, Cairo, Egypt. And, uh, I mean, man, we, we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, Nick, is there a couple of things you want to go over with our listeners? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, I got some stats, and then I got a, a clip here. First, I want to uh, reiterate what I did, what I said on the last show, um, and I'm appreciative of Al for giving us that detailed entry because a lot of times people will just say, 
oh, I'm going to Africa, and they never really talk about the different African nations. And I think that's something that's still kind of burned into our skull from years of, let's call it what it is, white supremacy. But um, let's, let's also remember there are 55 nations in Africa, okay, 55 individual right. nations in Africa. And um, for, for the stats that I have, I wanted to talk specifically with the year of return about Ghana. Um, so just to, to put that out there, in 2018, there were 70,000 visas issued for people traveling to Ghana. In 2019, the year of the return, that number rose to 750,000 visas issued. That's an 800% increase, right? And so what I wanted to get into was how it actually helps the countries from an economic standpoint and how it can help us from an economic standpoint because we actually, the majority of those visas that were issued were issued to African-Americans and Afro-Caribbeans, mm-hmm. um, which led to an estimated $1.87 billion to the Ghana GDP. So mm. I want to get into this first clip with President Nana Akufo-Addo, who was the president of Ghana and who kind of spearheaded this entire year of return um, movement. So let's go ahead and get into that clip. All right. This is courtesy of the Roland Martin Show. There you go. Race as a people. This morning at the breakfast, you talked about um, uh, moving forward. And one, what, what was really interesting to me when you talked about the impact of the Chinese diaspora right. on China and its development. And as I was I'm listening to that, what, what you were essentially saying is that, uh, look, when you look at the African diaspora, there is an opportunity here to really uh, take this country take this continent to a whole new level with the folks who are part of the diaspora. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, 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 those who went to America and the Caribbean are part of the most developed economy in the world today, especially the American economy. And my understanding would be that if this connection, if this awareness is there, there's a lot that can come from that end for this process of our mutual development. And I, for me, this is one of the, the main outcomes looking at how we can join the, the bridge across the Atlantic, how we can forge it in such a way that trade and investment and commerce come both sides of the Atlantic together. So... Okay, let, 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 let's dive into that uh, really quickly. Um, first, you probably heard, if you're listening, you probably heard something that you don't hear a lot of, and that's the Chinese diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. So the Chinese diaspora, we always hear about the African diaspora, and we know that is largely due to the transatlantic slave trade. But the Chinese diaspora, which basically occurred between the 19th century up until about 1949, was a mass immigration effort by the Chinese into different nations, a lot primarily into the Americas. And what he was saying was, is that, and I wish we could have had a clip of the actual breakfast where he kind of went into detail about it, but essentially mm-hmm. China used that as an opportunity to further their development by having those people who were a part of the Chinese diaspora engage in commerce with them, 
right? And if, if we look at China now and we look at the massive world power that it is, obviously it works. I mean, you can't really go too many places in the United States without seeing a restaurant or a, a supply store or a gas station, right. or something that's owned by someone who's Chinese of or, of or Asian descent in general. And uh, President, Otto, President Otto is looking to do something similar uh, with that. Uh, mm. His biggest thing was, and he was quoted as saying that um, Africa as a continent has the opportunity for development, and African Americans in particular have the expertise in that development. And I don't think we really give ourselves enough credit for that development um, that right. we have the expertise in. I was looking, when you look at places like Nigeria, who has their own version of Hollywood, it's called Nollywood. It's a very developed mm. um system of movies and, and theatrical and, and DVD and, and streaming releases well it's still mm-hmm. kind of on the low end in Ghana think about how many people that we have in the United States black Americans that have YouTube channels that produce content and I mean quality content right. think about if we took that same system of development to Ghana and impacted their movie industry the way that we could um, when you look at the economic opportunities from just the, just the currency exchange uh, in Ghana, they use the SETI, which um, is about 17 mm-hmm. cents on a dollar for a U.S. dollar. So basically, uh, uh, a Ghana SETI is um, is 17 cents in the U.S. And so right. if you think about it from that standpoint, if, if the, the average tax return in the United States is $1,949, right? That's mm-hmm. 11,138 SETI. That money stretches out so much further somewhere like Ghana where there is not a lot of development. Well, there is development. Don't let me say that there's not a lot of development, but there's right. room for <laughs> so much more. Right. You know. And so I've actually yeah, been planning. Uh, Nick, just in preparation for this show, just looking up some of the information, I see that Ghana is a middle-income country. And Absolutely. they're ranked like 172 out of 230 companies, countries. Sorry. Uh, with the GDP capital of about $4,400. So, I mean, they're actually moving up in the world, man. Absolutely. Nine of the nations in the continent of Africa are in the top 20 of GDP in the world and fastest-growing economies. That's saying something. They're predicting that by 2040, that 40% of millennials in the world will live in Africa yeah. in one of the nations there. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it, it's it's something serious to think about and you know I've been planning uh, originally I was planning my trip to Ghana in November of this year uh but uh, I did realize that Afrochella um is just a month away so I'm thinking about uh <laughs> I'm thinking about moving my trip so I can see that cuz uh, from what I saw this year was phenomenal but in the process, one of the main reasons that I'm going is because going into one of the new business ventures, you guys know that I've done private label products and, and you know been product producer before. Looking back into it, um, Ghana has a burgeoning coffee industry, and they produce a ton yes. of Robusta Blend coffee. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that I was looking at doing while I was there, and I was also looking at properties while I was there. Like when you look at the average – Cost for uh, a one-bedroom apartment in Ghana, it's a uh, 631 SETI per month, which equals out to about 110 dollars and 42 cents per month. 
You know, it, wow. <laughs> it, it, the, the economic opportunities are there. And when we look at things like, okay, we have our banking black movement, right? You know, this is a time where yeah. we reach out to our black banks and put the pressure onto them. Okay, if this is really about a movement, we've done the due diligence on our part. We've opened accounts with your banks. We've increased your bottom line. Now let's do some investment here. I'd like to purchase some properties in Ghana. I'd like to purchase some properties in Sierra Leone, in Nigeria, in Egypt, and, you know, begin to build wealth. I think that's the biggest thing about it. It's a mutual, and, and, and President Adu is really smart about this. He's talking about a mutual benefit, not just increasing tourism to Ghana, but increasing increasing commerce and trade between Ghana and African Americans and Afro Cubans, uh, Afro Caribbeans. I'm sorry. This is part of the reason why Korea has been so successful in China. Yeah, I got a question. I mean, if one was interested in buying property in Ghana or any of the other African nations. You know, it's it's difficult to buy a house here in America. You know, very difficult. And, and some people don't even understand the process of that. But here we're talking about in a whole different nation, different country. How do we go about securing that property without having, you know, being well being taken advantage of? How can we do that? Well, there there's a couple of ways. Uh, one, you would have to look into where exactly that you're um, wanting to purchase. So this is where it comes down to the whole thing about Africa being a continent and not a country. Different nations have different regulations in terms of what you can and cannot do. Um, There are some African nations that you can't even go to, just to be completely honest. But uh, with some of the more developed areas, uh, like, you know, Accra, you know, which is the capital city of Ghana, or just Ghana in general, Nigeria, there are no restrictions on foreigners buying property. Now, there are some African nations where you have to be a citizen in order to purchase property. But, uh, it, like I said, in places like Ghana, uh, Johannesburg, Cape Town, these places you do, there's no restrictions on foreigners buying property. The biggest thing you right. would need to do oh. is you would need to find a, a, a an agent, a realtor. Uh, the same way you would, the process is not... That different It's not too different from the United States There's just more of an Abundance of land And there is uh, less Of a good old boy uh, System (laughs) I guess you could say (laughs) Because they need development Which is why we see so many of the Chinese In um, African nations right now Because they do need the development Right And so if if you guys are uh, Wondering how much a uh, a plot of land cost per acre um, to build on it it averages $3,020 per acre uh, but an acre consists of either 6 15 plots um, and they're measuring in between um, uh, 6 by 120 feet so 15 plots is almost standard size as a football field so that's a lot of land now. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, we do have a caller uh, that's on the line that would like to get in the conversation. Caller 935, you live with the middleman. What's going on? What's going on, man? It's homeboy. Homeboy. What's going on, man? So I, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit with you because I'm, I'm, I'm listening at the numbers and I'm trying to figure out 
Um, so, so say you're into investing and you want to invest into some of these properties, say even some of their like property houses or stuff that, that they may have for sale. With their currency being so much lower than the U.S. currency, it'll take you a very, very long time before you really even see money from it. I mean, like, yeah, you can you can easily purchase it, but is it really worth purchasing the property there when the money is not going to really equal up to what you could possibly do if you just were to get something here? If that makes any yeah. sense. And then, because too... You gotta think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead with your second. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because you may answer my question by, would, by responding. I, I would say yes, because if you um, look at what Nick was saying as far as the projections of how many uh, people will be living there and, you know, down the millennial track, when we think about building wealth for families, I think it will be there because uh, with the economy expected to, like, blow out the water within the next 20 years, um, you could be on the front end of that, and so they they, and they you know you also have this car company over in Ghana as well too that is taking off. It's an electric car company, and so mm-hmm. just think about all the jobs that are actually coming in the future. Dealing with that, once um, uh, like more trade has been expanded, especially with these electric cars, and then two weeks ago or a week ago. You know, uh, Africa just signed or, or just started their own uh, national basketball. So yes, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and okay. to kind of to kind of piggyback off of that uh, more on the if your investment is more towards buying properties because there are several investments there. But actually, this morning I was looking at a hostel there because again, tourism is the increase in and over the year of. 800%. So there is going to be a continued, even if it falls off a little bit, there's an increase in tourism that's going to Ghana. So I was looking at a hostel this morning. Uh, it's a 12-room hostel in um, a city right outside of uh, Accra. Uh, it was $100,000 for this uh, 12-room hostel. Now, the average price, the average rental price for a hostel per night in Ghana equates between, uh, based on where you are, is between 13 and $30 per night U.S. dollars. So when you consider that $100,000 on, what, a 15-year loan with, uh, I want to say the average uh, interest rate there is like 10%, uh, that's a pretty solid return, especially within your first five Mm -hmm. years. You could have well over Mm -hmm. your investment there. But to Al's point, I think it's also about it being a long-term investment. I've even toyed with the idea of just buying undeveloped land and sitting on it because developers are going to come. China is doing a heavy Mm -hmm. investment in African nations right now, and the owners of those properties Mm -hmm. are going to benefit financially when they eventually do start making their way to those areas. Right. What do you think about that, homeboy? No, I mean, I guess for me, I, I look at, I see it, but I always think about so it, especially in, it, it's almost like a, a mindset type of thing. So mm-hmm. in our community, the the mindset of, of even investing is something that we have to teach. So, you know, mm-hmm. and it, you know, we have to start in our own families and stuff like that. So it's like, 
you know, and I know this is a little bit off subject, but kind of still on subject. So, like, even with, you know, the stuff that Andrew Yang is trying to do with the universal-based income thing, giving people a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Even if we talk about uh, giving, you know, reparations and stuff where we giving out money. So my thing is for us, because we've never been taught how to make money work for us, and we have families of children and just families that grow up that not understand how to invest and what the purpose of investing and what the benefits are for investing. If we don't change the mindset, then we can do all of this work and it still ends up where your children or your family or your estate can end up just pretty much peeing off what you pretty much tried to set up for them because they still don't have the mindset of how to take care of that investment once you're gone. You understand oh, yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and yeah. I also think to 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 your point, homeboy. Oh I think a lot of it depends, because I will say this: for me, the reason that I'm looking at real estate investment in Ghana, which is it, one of three businesses that I'm looking to open up there over the course of the next four years, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. But I know that the real estate portion of it is going to be the much longer term investment. It is a mentality change. It's a it's a mindset uh, shift. So I, I get that. There are a lot of um, other businesses and business uh, ideas that you can take uh, that have more of a turnkey type of style. Uh, for instance, I know several event planners over the course of this year who in the last five years or so have been floundering. They did really well with Essence Festival. They did really well with you know um, a, a lot of other events that are smaller. But as we know, and, and we all know this being in entertainment, you know, the moment somebody decides, oh, okay, I'm not doing well at my other job. Let me try this entertainment thing out, and things get a bit saturated. The saturation is mm-hmm. not somewhere like Ghana. So I know a lot of event planners who specifically use the year of the return to kick off their international business, and they started planning these group trips to Ghana, to Nigeria, to Egypt, to you know Sierra Leone. So the the opportunities for more of your turnkey businesses are there as well. I think it's really just about the uh, the, the the opportunity and actually researching, you know, if your particular business interest can work there. No, oh, now don't get me wrong. Again, I came in to try to play devil's advocate a little bit because I understand that probably some of the other listeners are like, man, well, I could probably buy a property here in America, and off the rip, I can get fifteen hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? Right, or, right. Mm-hmm. You know, versus I'm getting a hundred dollars a night <laughs> or a hundred dollars a month, basically, for something that I did overseas. When I look at over there, then versus over here, I don't right, know if that right. really adds up. So that's that's the reason why I'm like. Let me ask the question now because I'm quite sure somebody else is probably sitting back like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but if I really want to make some money and I want to make it within my lifetime, I don't know if those numbers really work for me. You know what I mean? So right, I, I just right, wanted no, you to be able to elaborate and, 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 well, on that a little bit more. And that's one thing, too, really I want to add to that, fellas. Because... Yeah. <clears throat> one thing, if I can add to it, I understand where you're coming from, but also in the, in what we're talking about, there's a possibility of moving there, you know, leaving the States. So I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, but imagine if you were over there and you had the money to invest. And, and that's a way, like, here in America, it's not that easy to invest. About, and a lot of people don't know how to buy property or even have the capital to buy property. Think about the numbers that Nick gave you earlier compared to their currency to our currency. You take a couple right. of years. If you take a couple of years of your tax returns, and also a little bit of your uh, your income that you make daily, 
Imagine if you could take that, save it in a 401k and in a couple of other uh, investments that you have. Take that, go over there, multiply your money. Seventeen cent on the dollar. I mean, man, I'm be honest with y'all. I'm in a problem now. In a, I'm, in, I'm in a position right now that if we wanted to get one of those houses we've been talking about, we could do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just right. like, oh, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like. So, like, especially with me, like, I'm a business guy myself, so I know all business are not really necessarily for me. Um, again, I was just really trying to, you know, hey, I, I know some people are probably looking at this and like, hey, this is for me. Um, as far as moving over there, um, I don't, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I want to go back to the motherland, but you got people who aren't willing to leave. I'm from Griffin, so, you know, Kevin, you, you know where I'm from. You got people who are right. not willing to leave Griffin, Georgia, to go to to go live in Atlanta. So you talking about nonetheless talking about leaving the whole United States to go live in a whole other country that you know you don't really right. know anything about. So that's that's a whole other dynamic that you know you you have yeah, to. Correct. You know you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. agree. I definitely we agree. Actually, but you know we what? actually have a clip that kind of coincides with that. We we actually have so a clip now? that coincides. We have a clip that coincides with that. I did want to say this really quickly. Uh, with me being right. in the e-commerce space, one thing that I've run into is more and more people have gotten into the e-commerce space and and made a significant amount of money in it. A lot of them are moving to countries, and for whatever reason, the Philippines is like a really big jump for a lot of people I know that are in that space. Uh, for you mm-hmm. digital nomads out there, the cost of living is so low there that it is you know it, it it's a money saver. I, I'll say. It's, I'll say that much. But let's go ahead and get into that second clip um, with uh, BBC Africa, who spoke with uh, Lakeisha Ford about her move, and she actually moved with the intent not to come back. Right. Okay. This is Lakeisha Ford. Five years ago, she decided to move to Ghana to start a new life, and with it came a new sense of identity. To me, there's no such thing as, as a black woman in Ghana. I'm a woman in Ghana. We are all black. <laughs> I don't see color here because I'm a part of the majority. And I think that's a privilege and a luxury. She was born and brought up in the US and her move to Ghana was about starting her own business. But it became more than that. This place as in the African continent specifically Ghana, has um, restoration for people of color in the diaspora. You know, I want to show people that this is not just an alternative, but a real option to live your life and be successful. We found two partners that would support us with finding... Lakeisha has no plans to move back to the U.S., and she's encouraging others to join her. Any black person that is in the diaspora, a trip needs to be made to the African continent. There's almost this like un, undefined closure that happens. You didn't even know you needed this. You don't even know you need closure in a certain light, but coming here, you get it, and there's almost an alignment that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kev, I, I, I gotta say, um, in, in my research and cause let, let me go ahead and put it out there. Um, I'm for mm-hmm. sure going to two 
majority black nations this year, and I'm trying to add a third, right? So uh, okay. I, I've got my trip to Jamaica coming up in uh, April. I'm looking to go either in June or July to Haiti and then to Ghana in, at the end of the year. Um, what I have found in that research and speaking, because one of the biggest things for me was, you know, I don't want to just go there and just be, oh, okay, I'm just here. Oh, yeah, I'm, I was in Motherland. I'm just here. I'm just here. And not actually know people who are there, people who are indigenous, people who, you know, who, who are actually connected there outside of the transatlantic slave trade. So um, I, I was speaking with a guy on YouTube. Uh, he's another YouTuber, and he was telling me, uh, essentially, we're living the same story just on two sides of the Atlantic. So, you know, anybody in our age group, we know a lot of our early visions and, and, and pictures and videos that we saw of Africa came via those uh, Sally Struthers commercial, you know, for only yeah. 20 cents a day. Mm-hmm. You can see, and it just painted a picture of Africa that led us to believe, oh, my God, it's so great to be in the United States because we would be uh, just over there chucking spears and all that type of you know, all that type of stuff. And the guy I was talking to, you know, he had a similar experience when he came to America because he said that his first introduction to black people in America was the East Coast West Coast rivalry. Wow. Let's think about that. He said, I thought, right, and he's from Liberia. He was like, you know, he was like, I know we have our share of issues here. But he said, I thought that black people in America were just these crazy, you know, psychopaths that, you know, only wanted to fight each other and, and talk about each other's families. And, and just that was his introduction. So for years, he was just like, I will never, ever step foot into the United States of America because I wouldn't even feel wow. safe around people that look like me. And we even see that today. We see, we still see those stereotypes as much access as we have to see the truth. We still see that today. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at someone like uh, it was a young lady. Um, on, I've spent a lot of time on YouTube with this, but uh, she was talking. Actually, no, this was on Twitter. She's actually in Nigeria right now, and her father sent her a message. You know, hey, with everything that's happening right now with the president. You need to be back over here because the United States is the safest place in the world to be right now. And it's just like, no, we still getting shot up no, every day over here, too. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting knocked off over here, man. This is crazy. <laughs> you know, they have travel advisories on the United States in other countries. So just like, you know, the United States tells us, oh, this place isn't safe. They're like, no, the U.S. isn't safe. <laughs> so you might not want to yeah. go over there. They're killing black people in the street just for being black. Well, you know, one one thing, I, I, like like James said earlier, well, homeboy said earlier, man, it, it's more so the biggest misconception of us not knowing. And like you said, you know, we're, we're taught a certain mind state when we look at right. the continent. And, and the biggest part that we got to get over, and I think as we get older, we still have the opportunity to treat, I mean, teach the younger generation of what's really going on. So... If they see us doing this, they wouldn't mind doing this because, you know, the younger generation is a little bit more, they will explore a little bit more than we would. And oh, there's nothing wrong with that. They'd rather travel. They'll travel faster than we will. So right. I think it's a great step for us to even look at the continent. And, and I think we need to do, us as Americans, even though I was watching some videos and, and some, 
some people in, in different parts of Africa, they look at us real sideways. You know, they they don't even consider consider us the same as them, which I find that hard to believe. But then I see some of their standpoints, and I think we need to do a show on that and bring uh, some of our brothers and sisters from Africa on that, on that show. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, it, it's more so like, man, if, if we don't take advantage of these opportunities now, by the time we do get ready to take advantage of these opportunities, it's going to be way too late. Absolutely. China, this, like you said, they're there. Everybody in this world is moving in that direction to the continent of Africa. And we better pay well, attention. I think it's about proximity as well. Um, because the first time I traveled outside of the United States was to Canada. The second and third time was to Mexico. A lot of times we will travel based on how landlocked or our, you know, or what's closest in proximity. I think there's something that if you've not traveled across the Atlantic, there's something that is holding us back from making a trip that long. You know, we we hear about, you know, all the different things that go wrong with planes and all these types of things. So it's just, but if you look at Europe, you know, African nations are their number one travel destinations for holidays. Mm-hmm. But the proximity so, hey, is a lot closer. We have another caller that would like to get in this conversation right here. Uh, caller four six four four, you're live with the middleman. Uh, what's going on? You know, uh, this is Mr. P. In the Midwest, blacks in America hey. are United States citizens. Man, they're not Africans. <clears throat> and yes, there's a lot of business opportunities for those who have the capability of. Participating in that. You know, I hear people, and I know you have, say, oh, America, no, the United States is stealing resources. I ain't the United States government. Those are companies that's doing business, which you, the three of you on this line could do yourself if you got the capability of mm. doing it. Those countries need, and the, any developing company country needs reliable electricity. Sewer system, water systems, and agriculture. Sure. Now, what black companies here in the United States are doing that? Now, not to say they're not doing anything, but uh, to put in an electrical system. And, you know, here's another thing. This is nothing new. There's plans, business plans out the Guzu. But it takes a combination. Now, you know, if you put in an electrical system, okay, mm-hmm. how are people going to pay for it? Yeah. You can't sell the empty pockets. So the people that's buying electricity, that's receiving electricity, because in Nigeria, that's a problem right now. They had to put in smart meters because people were still electricity. <clears throat> so if people hmm. don't have the money to pay for the electricity, whereas the reinvestment return on investment is going to be what it should be. Nobody's going to put their money up like that. So, Ms. P, I, I will push back on just a couple of things on that, and I, I appreciate your comment, and uh, definitely was yeah, let me hear things. it. So, the first thing I will push back on is the fact that yes, we are Americans by birth. We are still descendants of Africa. That's first and foremost. That's not going anywhere. When you look at other countries, when you look at countries like South Korea, 
when you look at countries like China, when you look at countries like Japan, going back to what I was speaking about earlier with the Chinese diaspora, the people that were a part of the Chinese diaspora weren't putting up electric companies. What they were doing was they were establishing businesses in their respective areas in the new countries and engaging in commerce with suppliers in their native lands. That's the exact that's the entire premise behind what President Adu is trying to do. So every investment is not going to be simply about electrical. It's not going to simply be about water and sewage. There are many aspects that grow it. To say and yes there are while there are some African nations where it's just like, oh well, they don't have the money but you know, it, the the reality is there are a lot of nations in Africa that do, and they do spend regularly. And every other country seemingly in the Eastern Hemisphere is doing some type of commerce with them in some form or fashion. What we're trying to say is if there's opportunity for us to do the same, then we should do it. And and I think that's just good business sense. Well, if you I want to talk about electricity, I agree with you. I Look agree with you work. on that. Hold on. We're talking about electricity. Look at the work that's being done in Senegal right now with solar. Yeah, but solar is, not industry. Gonna, solar is not going to replace electricity. I, 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 I worked to put like, I, uh, the bill of 300. I worked to put a 350 I megawatt. I worked to put a 350 megawatt power generating system in the Odu state in Nigeria. Solar is not going to replace electricity. It's not going to happen. And it may be all. It, it may be a supplement, but it's not going to happen. Then if right. it happens, right. and you know, here's another thing: if you're not doing that type of business in the United States, where you have everything to your advantage, you have access, and so on and so on and so on, it's going to be damn near mm-hmm. impossible to do something like that in another country. And I would agree to an extent. I would agree to an extent, depending on the industry. But let's not act as if the only commerce-generating industries in the nations that are in the continent of Africa are electricity. Well, you got to have electricity to do anything else. What what else? You know, you got a wall switch there on your wall in the room room you're in now. But hey, what you're doing right now is you're perpetuating the stereotype that the majority of Africa is without power. That's well, I spent a lot. There's plenty I of spent a lot of time. Africa. I spent a lot of time in West Africa. My wife is from the, the is from the Volta region in Ghana. I have homes there and business there. When you get up from your chair and go to that wall and hit that switch, something positive happens. That's not the case there. They need sewer system. They have open sewage. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. When a, a pipe well, comes yeah. out of the house and goes to an open trough, yeah. <clears throat> those are the things that's right. needed. I'd say Africa is probably about 60 years behind the United States. About 60 years. So, now, so is it opportunity? Saying, you, you know, you point, as though. a business person can't go there by yourself. You have to work with somebody there on the ground. You have to join into a business. And the best you, thing is not to go admission, to the You central. just said that you have businesses there. So to say... You know, businesses that's easy. <laughs> businesses that's easy to extract from. Mm. Mm. Now, now look, I'm not you, telling you what long, not to how long do. Have you had property there? I have property in in Ghana. I have property in Zambia. 
just done a business uh, arrangement in, Va- in Zambia, in what you what y'all like to call Wakanda. It's just that, but the opportunities are there. <laughs> but like I'm saying before, you gotta have. You can't get loans over there. A loan over there is gonna cost you forty percent interest. You got to have well, your cartel to have your money. Then you got to have a business partner, and then you got to work with a regional chief. You can't work with the government. So I'm just giving you some I don't advice. Know if been li- I don't know if you listened from the beginning, but that's one of the things that we covered from the very beginning. That's well, one I'm of the just reinforcing from the very it beginning. Well, that's the thing about it. Yeah. You're reinforcing our point, but then telling us that our point is is, is not valid. Well, it's what I'm doing, you opposite. know, I'm only telling you this because I've done it myself and experienced it And myself. we appreciate the insight. We really do appreciate the insight. <laughs> no one is saying that it's going to be a cakewalk to do it. What we are yeah. saying is that the opportunity is there. Opportunities are there. Yes, it is. If you know how to extract, uh Say copper in Zambia, mm-hmm. and then you have the ability to build processing plants where you can turn that copper into, say, copper tubing and building wire and add value to it. Right. Where you hire people. That's a good thing. So let me ask you this, uh, Mr. C, as well. Uh, so my wife and I, we are in education. And so mm-hmm. uh, my you wife. American education. It's just American right. education. That's a sad thing uh, right now. Because it don't but produce what it should in the context be. Of, well, mm-hmm. if that was a need for that, how would we do with that? You know what kind of need they need oh, as far as education? You know Africans are more highly educated. If you compare them to blacks, they're more highly educated than black. Those kids are. Uh, here in the United States, they have the highest educational attainment than any other ethnic groups. And when you look at the stuff that they do, they go into the high-paying fields. Pharmacy, medical, uh, engineering. Hmm. That's what they do. So, do you have any, them Nigerians. Do you have any suggestions? Do, do you have any suggestions for anybody that w- was looking in, looking forward to possibly investing in, in Africa? I know you gave us a good, you know, as far well, as this the is what happened earlier. This is there anything what I see? Missing? This is what I see that needs to do. A lot of things have to happen at the same time. If you're going to do state projects, then there needs to be trade schools that trade, I'm sorry, that, that uh, train uh, workers in the major trades. That is carpentry, ironwork, sheet metal, plumbing, electricity. Uh, that needs, that's engineering. That's something that needs to be done. So if you were to have a trade school, say in welding, you would have classes full. Now, you ain't going to make the kind of money that you would here in the United States, but that's what it has to do. Uh, China, those companies that's working there uh, representing China, those are state-owned companies. They're not necessarily individuals. They're state-owned companies. United States don't get engaged in things like that. Now, what the United States do have, if you was going to build, say, a power-generating station, and you was going to use a general electric turbines or some other parts, the U.S. Trade and Development uh, Agency would fund a lot of those American-made products that you use in the category that, you, like we talk about, electricity in other areas too. So, well, what, what inspired, inspired you to uh, open the yeah, business up we, in Africa? What inspired you to do that? I asked the same thing. 
what, what here in the United you States, know? here in the United States, I had I, I erected structural steel. You know what structural steel is? Structural like steel it. is like the buildings that fell down in, in uh, New York during 9/11. I've done that for four decades, and had my own company doing it. In you know, in the latter years, so I had established a hub here. It allowed me to go elsewhere and uh, do things that I wanted. You always got to have something to fall back on. You have to have right. something that generate cash, U.S. dollars. And U.S. dollars is very powerful around the world, especially in Africa. That's true. Countries. That's true. Well, you know, we do we do appreciate your time, and we hope you keep yeah, listening. Yeah, think about I that. appreciate your insight. Yes, sir. We definitely appreciate your insight. And uh, thank you for, you know, bringing a little bit more knowledge to the show. And uh, okay. we appreciate it. All right. Uh, thank you. Thanks, sir. Thank, thank you. you. All right, Nick. Uh, Nick over here shaking a little bit. You good, brother? No, I'm, I'm good. It's hey, just, but he gave uh, some just, good insight. He I gave mean, some good insight, but it have... literally reinforced what we've been saying from the beginning of the show. That's what threw me off a bit. It, it literally reinforced what we were saying from the beginning of the show. But we appreciate the insight. We we do appreciate the insight because he did speak on another portion of it that we didn't cover. So we definitely appreciate you, Mr. Yeah. Most definitely. As a matter of fact, we've extended the show a little bit uh, just to make sure that we got his point across. I think, Nick, you have some excellent points. And uh, we, you know, we appreciate you for even bringing up this thought process because uh, we are heading in a different direction here in America as far as with our politics, and and I see a lot of our people uh, they're leaving, they're going different places. I was going to ask you also in the, in the midst of that part, not that part of the conversation, but earlier when we were talking about the young lady uh, that moved to Africa about dual uh, citizenship, uh, is that something would you mm-hmm. recommend, or is that something that our listeners should look into? I would definitely look into it. Um, there are a couple of, again, this all depends, and I know we've spent quite a bit of the show uh, talking about Ghana and a bit about Nigeria, but I would look into the, I would look into the, um, the, the process of immigration for whichever African nation you are thinking about. Uh, I will say uh, in terms of Ghana, one, they just actually granted citizenship to 126 African Americans who have been living over in Ghana for a number of years. Um, President Adu is also allowing people who are of Ghanan descent to apply for citizenship for free, which is something that's that's huge. Uh, anybody who's ever right. gone sought out citizenship in another nation, you know, it can be a very extensive process. Now, you would have to prove your descent. So, I would encourage everyone to go ahead, if you have not already, to uh, go ahead and have your uh, your DNA tested to see um, where exactly your uh, roots go to. But before you do that, realize a couple of things. Um, Ancestry DNA, 23andMe, and MyHeritage DNA, you will not get an accurate depiction of your African lineage. Um, and and that think people kind of get it twisted because they just see and they say, oh, well, it says I'm 97% um, West African. Well, damn, thank you for telling us where we were picked up. We know that. Uh, the vast majority 
of people in transatlantic slave trade are West African. Uh, I would absolutely suggest AfricanAncestry.com. This is not a paid endorsement or anything like that. I would suggest them because they have the largest database of African DNA, and they can tell you down to the tribe um, your African lineage. So uh, I I would know that, and if you do find out that you are a descent of Ghana, then I think it would be worth it to go ahead and at least while uh, the opportunity to apply for citizenship for free is open to go ahead and take it. Right. But I would stay away from, I'm telling you, I would stay away from Ancestry DNA, 23andMe, and my heritage DNA. Absolutely stay away from them. They're going to tell you the majority of well, your European lineage, which we know um, eight times out of ten has come from some type of forcible sexual assault uh, on uh, on our ancestors. But then in addition to that, they sell your uh, your DNA and they do keep it on file. There was actually just a young lady about two weeks ago who did an update video where she originally got her ancestry traced through AncestryDNA.com. And it came back that she was 46% Nigerian, and then she got an update about two weeks ago that said that there's new information. That 46% dropped down to 6%. And my wow. my biggest issue is why do you still have my DNA on file? Unlike African ancestry, who destroys all of that. So that's just my that, that's my thought process on it. And uh, I would say definitely right. do your di- due diligence and look into it. I think it's a great idea. Also, to our listeners out there, if you do not have a uh, if you do not have a passport, please go ahead and get yourself a passport if you do not have one. That's my recommendation. How much that passport? For it, for those that don't know, give a uh, rundown on that passport. Al. One, how to get it? One fifty. One fifty. You can go to you your go to your local post office. Yeah. And yep. get it done. Very simple. Or you can go online, fill out the application, go to Walgreens and get your passport photo done, and then take it to your local post office. Absolutely. Completed and sent off. And please don't wait until right before you're trying to go on your trip because it does take time. Yes, I right. do. And make sure your local post office is an office that will do passports. So not every post office do passports. Right. So make sure of that. Hey man, great show, man. I want to uh, give my my guy homeboy a chance to plug their show. Uh, we're gonna bring him back in if he's still out there listening right now. Homeboy, you still listening, my guy? Yes, sir. I am. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, man. A moment here to plug the. You have a podcast that man I thoroughly enjoy. I think you guys have some. Great topics on your podcast for our listeners yep. out there supporting us. You need to support these guys. Yeah, sure, What's the name uh-huh. of your show, brother? And give them the, the big uh, homie show. Information on how they can get. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can you can find us on SoundCloud at uh, the Big Homie Show, uh, Instagram Big Homie Show, as well as Facebook uh, Big Homie Show. So, yeah, um, we just did a show. We just posted a new show where we talked about the perception of. Um, people and, and how we perceive people to be great just based off perception so yeah I think right. I think um, a lot of people will get a lot of good insight out of that too so be entertained y'all talking about oh, yeah. y'all talking about Tupac and Biggie again nah you know man <laughs> <laughs> you know we we, we, we kind of we, we tied it up into uh, just give you a little snippet uh, we were talking about um, a host of things, but then we ended up talking about Nick Gordon and, you know, how he was perceived oh. to be the person who was, you know, responsible for killing Bobby Christina. But, you know, a lot of it was like, okay, you had two people who both were suffering from 
substance abuse, but because she was popular, her mom was popular, her dad was popular, and he gets perceived to be the enemy. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I just leave it at that, but you guys can check the rest of it out whenever you get a chance. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and let them know what it is. Say it one more again. One more again. What it thing? is the Big Homie Show, and it is Big Homie Show on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes, sir. Man, we appreciate you, brother, and always as usual. Thank you very much for calling in and giving us some insight from your perspective and playing the devil's advocate today. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate it, man. I enjoy it myself. All right. Thanks, sir. Peace. Man, once again, great show. Nick, you okay? We're going to uh, we're have to give you some, some decaffeinated no, 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 coffee. No, 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 no. Listen, okay, I am I'm I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine and okay. I really do appreciate the insight of Mr. P. I really, really do. You know, but yeah, you uh, almost again. sounded like I did. <laughs> you know, lady y'all let jump on me. Yeah. 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 The, the only thing I will say is whether you decide to travel internationally or not decide, even if it's not investment, even if you're traveling just just to go. I, I think that, you know, Nothing should be deterred Give it that honest right. shot If yeah. you get over there If you see, okay, I'm over here I'm just coming for travel and leisure Wonderful If you get over there and you're going for uh, development and, and infrastructure and business opportunities Then go But give yourself the opportunity to see something Outside of the four walls of your home And outside of your neighborhood okay. uh, you, get, you got anything you want to Tell the listeners, man. Hey, I just want to let everybody know, you know, my experience, my experience traveling to Africa was great. I really want each and every one. If you do have England in your soul or your body that says you want to go to the continent of Africa, choose a country and go. Um, make sure that they are uh, countries that um, in which you will have the experience in which you want to have. Um, so you will be able to go back and. Well, share those experiences with your family and friends. So. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely do it. Go. I gotta go. I gotta go. You gotta go. It's gonna take and, a little bit of time to save up that money, but I'm going. And if you have, if you have plans of going, I'm telling you, leave everybody in 2020. Don't, because you know how it starts off. It'll be 15 people saying, "Yeah, we're gonna all go together." Then when it's yep. time to pay the first deposit, yep. you're gonna be down to eight. Then yep. when it's time to pay the, uh, the 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 rest of the money, you're gonna be down to two. And then next thing you know, right. you're canceling the trip. Budget your At trip. At the end of the day, you are going by yourself. Still pay for yours. Still right. pay for yeah. yours. Go by yourself. At the end of the day. Yeah. Budget your trip. Hey, and if you're you going got, by if yourself. If you got your plane ticket, if you got your plane ticket, you know you're going because you got your plane ticket. So right. go ahead and get your plane ticket. Yeah, wait for that last deposit. You just got to get there. <laughs> hey, man, can I get my money Nick. back? <laughs> no. Nick, you're wrong. <laughs> Nick, you know, you know why you're wrong, right? Why am I wrong? I, I, I was supposed to go on this trip with Al. I feel like you throw the pot shot at me. I w- you know what? I was actually not throwing a pot shot at you. I was <laughs> throwing a pot shot at somebody who was listening to this show that was supposed to be in Jamaica uh, with us. And pulled out the last second, and was supposed to go to Cancun with me last year, and pulled out the last second. So that's what I'm talking to. You know who you are. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> hey, and no that note, y'all folks. We out. All hey, y'all share this show with somebody. Download it. Share it with a friend. Share it with a coworker. 
tell them about us. We're here every Sunday at 6 p.m. unless something goes out. But we're here like clockwork. And we out. Oh, now, yeah. Say your famous words. Thank you for taking an hour out your day to listen to the Middleman Talk Show. And we out. We'll be back next week, people. Slow clap, man. Slow clap for those a little late. All right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.